How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 105 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, go to rockauto.com. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about the A's win, we're going to go over the West Watch, and uh, we're going to talk about what, what the A's are going to do without Ramon Laureano. Uh, there's some questions to be answered, so uh, we're going to get into all that stuff. So that's the episode for today. Before I get into it, please follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, and if you have any questions or comments for us, please direct those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So if you were lucky enough to watch Wednesday afternoon's game, uh, you got a decent one for the first few innings, and then, you know, the A's took over and it was fine, and Ramon Laureano had a great catch in the outfield. They robbed a homer. Um, yeah, he played some defense on Wednesday. He was a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, so, and the, the, the calmness that he had when he robbed that homer, that was so much fun. Um, yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes for sure, because everybody should see that one. It's not quite as cool as the play that he made in Anaheim a couple of years ago where, you know, he robbed their homer and then nailed somebody at first base. It's not like that cool, but just the suave nature that he had while doing it was awesome. So uh, that's what really made the play for me. It's just like, imagine, you know, that Ken Griffey Jr. catch where he... Uh, he goes up and he robs the homer, and he's all excited, and he's running towards uh, the infield. It's like that, only with no emotion. He's just like, yep, I'm not even going to check and make sure that I caught that, because I did. And that was really fun. So uh, we're going to miss Ramon Laureano here for a few days. Uh, we don't know how long the suspension is yet. They're still appealing, and uh, that's still in the process, so we'll see. On that note, though, Joe Kelly did have his appeal heard, and his final ruling came down, and they... Uh, reduced his suspension from eight games to five. So maybe they're going to go from, you know, six games for Ramon to like none. That'd be great. Uh, probably not going to happen. You're probably, it might go from like six to four, maybe if we're lucky. Uh, so you know, he'll probably miss the giant series. If you know, the A's got the off day on Thursday, it'll probably happen. Then if not, it'll happen Friday. He's probably not playing this weekend and maybe a game against the Diamondbacks. So that's what we're planning on, but let's get into the, you know, the nuts and bolts of the game. And uh, I'm going to start with Robbie Grossman. Just he didn't do the things first, but he is performing superbly right now. So I want to I want to shine a light on Robbie Grossman. Well, I still got you. Robbie Grossman, he went one for three. He had a two run homer and two walks. He had two runs scored and two RBI. I like the twos. That's nice. But uh, what I really wanted to draw attention to is this guy's hitting 311 on the season. And he's he's been used as a platoon guy for some reason. 311. And he's very consistent. Uh, he, as I said a couple weeks ago, he's the most clutch hitter that they have, according to clutchiness over a career. Him playing, you know, a longer period of time helps, uh, you know, accrue more clutchiness. But, you know, you have to be good year in and year out to accrue positive. So, uh, yeah, the fact that he has the best is a good sign for him. So, uh, yeah, he's hitting 311. He has a 1066 OPS, which is fantastic. And just to put that into context of, you know, what that looks like on a baseball field, uh, granted, this is a very small sample size for Robbie Grossman, so I'm not comparing him to these players. But over the course of the season last year, Christian Yellick, he had an 1100, so he was a little bit better. Uh, Mike Trout, he had a 1083, so a little bit better, but not a lot. And uh, basically, Robbie Grossman would have been third. He would have been above everybody else, including Cody Bellinger, who had a 1035. So he's better than Cody Bellinger right now, according to, you know, last year's Cody Bellinger. Not this year, quite uh, necessarily. And uh, yeah, he's almost Mike Trout level. 
when he's on the field. And uh, that's that's saying something. So uh, Robbie Grossman, I'm going to get back to him here in a little bit when we talk about Ramon Laureano missing some time. But uh, I'm going to keep going with the recap of the game real quick. You got uh, Olsen. He had a solo shot. You got Grossman. He had a two-run shot. And then Piscotti, he had a solo shot. They all homered. They put the A's up early. They had four runs there. Uh, the Angels kept hitting home runs. You know, Mike Trout was doing Mike Trout things. Uh, he homered again, obviously. And uh, I'm going to go into the series that he had because, damn. But real quick, we're going to talk about Matt Chapman because he doubled. And uh, he had a pretty good game. He went two for five with a double on an RBI. That RBI made it five to three uh, in favor of the A's. And uh, the A's never looked back from that point on. They were trading blows up to that point. And uh, from that point on, it was a, it was an A's game. And uh, the A's added... Three more runs in the eighth. They got four walks and a single from Ron Laureano. And uh, that's how they scored three runs. So that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, good times. So A's win. That's a good time. Their record is now 13-6. and six. They are atop the AL West. Also, Chris Bassett, he went five and uh, two-thirds of an inning. He gave up five hits, four earned runs. He struck out four, and he got the win. So that's a plus. And uh, I think that... Their start was better than the stat line reads because it's not a quality start, which is already kind of a flood. That's like a four and a half ERA if you go six innings and give up three runs. But uh, he went five and two thirds and gave up four. So, you know, it's a little bit worse than a quality start. But this offense that he was facing in the Angels, they are crushing the ball right now. So for him to keep them in check, especially when the ball was flying as well as it was, I think that it was a decent start. You know, he kept his team in the game. I'm not saying pitch to the score. I'm just saying, you know, he, he did his job today, and that's a plus. The A's needed a win. He gave them the win. Uh, also, the bats kind of helped a little bit. It was a good performance by Chris Bassett. I'm not mad at him. But, I mean, at this point, I, I got to touch on Mike Trout, right? Because keeping this guy and Anthony Rendon, who I'll also talk about, uh, in check is just ridiculous. Uh, Mike Trout went 6 for 12 this series with a walk. He hit three home runs, drove in five, scored five times. Papa Trout, dude, cut us a break a little bit. <laughs> and, and the A's still had a chance to win two out of three against that. And not only Papa Trout, but also Anthony Rendon. Glad he didn't play in that first series because in this series, he went five for 11 with three walks, three home runs, and four runs batted in and five runs scored. So these two guys together, and then Shohei Otani dropped a couple of bombs, I think. Uh, Yeah, the Angels were just dropping bombs all day. And the A's still had a chance to win two out of three. If they could have gotten just that one more run or two more runs, I guess, on Monday. Um, not bad considering that they got shut out in one game and because of Dylan Bundy and, you know, his sorcery. Overall, not a bad performance by the A's, even though you'd obviously like to see them win every game. You know, that's not feasible. So uh, they're still atop the AL West. They still got a nice little cushion. So uh, we're, we're doing okay. But I also want to talk about Ramon Laureano and his impending suspension. Whether or not it's six or four or whatever, there's going to be games that the A's are going to be playing without him. And uh, as I alluded to a little bit before, hopefully I didn't give it away because uh, I believe that they're going to move Robbie Grossman to the two-hole with the line that he has right now. Uh, again, he's hitting 311 with a 1066 OPS. He, he's Mike Trout right now. And if you're not going to put him in the two-hole, you want to keep him at the bottom of the lineup? Come on, no. You put him in front of uh, Chapman and Olsen, you let them ignite the rest of the offense, I think. I mean, they could also maybe put Tony Kemp there, you know, get a little bit of speed going on the base paths while also dealing with the power bats with Chapman and Olsen and all of them. But uh, I think that Grossman's probably the better bet because in, you know, the sabermetric society, uh, you want to put your best hitter second now. And uh, that would be Robbie Grossman at the moment. But I'm figuring that he's going to be in the lineup no matter where he's slotted. Uh, And, you know, you're going to have 
Robbie Grossman, Mark Hanna, and Stephen Biscotti roam in the outfield. So they're probably going to be the locks in there, which kind of opens up the DH spot. And I don't know which way they're going to go with that. It might depend on how they use that roster spot because, you know, obviously he's going to be, it'd be like putting him on the IL. He's going to be gone for a few days. So they're going to bring up probably Seth Brown is my, is my guess because he's an outfielder and uh, maybe he gets those at bats. If they're going to keep platooning Chris Davis and only play him against lefties, then I think I'd like to see those at bats go to somebody like Seth Brown or Vimy Almachin that can, you know, use the experience and maybe become a big piece of this offense. Maybe not a big piece, but you know, a cog in this offense, and uh, I, I would like to see that personally. Whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. Um, the the, op- the obvious option would be Chris Davis just plays every day now. He faces righties, he faces lefties, but maybe they're trying to you know protect him a little bit and you know keep him at his best. Uh, that that's an option. I don't know. Uh, you could also put Camper Pinder in that spot as well because they're both getting decent at you know a decent amount of at bats. Kemp's been good. I don't know if you want to have one of those guys. I mean, Pinder would make more sense as a DH, I guess, but I don't know that you want one of those guys as the designated hitter. Uh, maybe it could be like an off day thing where you put Pender at third and then you give uh, Chapman the DH. Maybe that's what they're going to do. It's only a couple of games. There's so many options. And I know that it's a short season and opportunities are limited and everything like that, but I want to see them uh, release the machine when they can. You know, if there's a blowout, put machine in. I want to see him more. I want to see what he has on the field, what he can do with the bat. I want to see that stuff. He's gotten, well, like six, he hasn't had that many opportunities at the bat. And, uh, you know, he, he has a couple of double plays, a couple of strikeouts. Not, not great, obviously, but he hasn't played above double A that much, but he's not hitting guys with baseballs. So that's a plus. Uh, so obviously he forgot how to hit once he got brought up to the majors because that's Astro's logic. Um, yeah. So that's just how that works. He just needs to get those reps. You guys, that's all. That's all he needs. He just needs a few more at bats and then he's going to be firing fastballs or hitting dingers or whatever he does. So yeah, uh, I want to see my one of these games. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Also, before I send it to the second half, I read this thing on MLB.com. They were talking about uh, big sluggers that are off to slow starts, but you shouldn't worry about them. And uh, they wrote up on Matt Olson, obviously, because he's crushing dingers. And it's a really quick little blurb that they got on him, so I'm just going to read it to you guys. Um, this is all before Wednesday's game, so obviously the stats have gotten better from then, but still. Uh, it's been an all-or-nothing start for Olsen, who was, who was batting 155, but with five of his nine hits going for home runs, including a walk-off grand slam on opening day and four big flies within the past week. As those results suggest, there's nothing wrong with Olsen's power, his heart hit rate is elite as usual, and he is lifting the ball in the air at a healthy clip. Combined with the high walk rate, that's a recipe for success. But what about the fact that Olsen is batting under 100 when he doesn't home run? Ooh, it got interesting. Olsen's expected batting average on his 35 batted balls that haven't left the yard is a healthy 296. His actual batting average is 114, including 11 outs on balls with a 400 expected batting average or higher. So that there's one more sentence, but I'm not going to get into that. Olsen's going to be fine. He's just going to need to find these gaps. I know that some of it is, you know, the shifts and stuff like that, but, you know, he'll be okay. In the second half of this episode, we have the West Watch, and the goal of West Watch is to keep the Astros out of the playoffs and 
we're going to update you on where they stand. So stay tuned for that. But first, we got rockauto.com business to take care of. Speaking of business and rockauto.com, they are a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose from the brands and specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do it your yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write the code locked on in their how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We are also brought to you today by CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you are a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, Everybody needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and Vitamin B6 to give you the support where you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. All right, everybody, we are back, and we have the West Watch coming up for you guys. But first, please follow us on social media at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, and you can email us any questions or comments that you have for the podcast at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, I've been teasing my crossover episode with the Locked On Red Sox host, Gabrielle, and uh, they've been doing rolling blackouts over where she is, so we did not get to record today as we were planning, so I am not sure if that's going to be up on Friday or if we're just going to record it and I'll have it in the bank and we'll give it to you guys at some point. It's evergreen content, so uh, it's not necessarily important that you hear it immediately, but hopefully you guys hear it soon. So uh, you turn the power back on at Gabrielle's house and we'll get that out to you guys. Um, all right, so let's start with the Astros and Giants today. Uh, really, it, it was the sixth inning is all you really really need to know about. And it's a matter of uh, basically one at bat that really did it. Uh, the Astros and Giants were tied 1-1 in the bottom of the sixth. And with Martin Maldonado up at the plate, San Francisco reliever Caleb Baragar, he tossed a wild pitch, which scored the, the go-ahead run, which is Carlos Correa. He just scurried home. So with Houston up 2-1 to one and it not looking good, Giants announcer saying, all you got to do is calm down right now. It might have been on the next pitch. It might have been on the pitch after that. Martin, I, I wear all of my catcher's gear into brawls and start throwing haymakers. Maldonado hit a three-run homer, and the uh, the Astros took the lead 5-1. to one. Never looked back. It also ended at 5-1. to one. So that's uh, that's basically the recap that you need on the Astros and Giants. Uh, Martin Maldonado, no suspension. Good for him. Um, there was also one little thing that came out on Twitter, which was really funny from Pitching Ninja, and it was Zach Greinke on the mound with the mics picking up what he was saying, and it was really, really funny, actually. And if he was on any other team, I would have definitely retweeted it, but I didn't because Astros uh, are in my craw right now. So it was him just telling his catcher, okay, the second one after one, that's what I'm going to throw, okay? 
And he was just basically giving away the sign so that everybody could hear it. And then I think he was like, it's the first one after one. And so he tried to disguise it, but he was just kind of doing it with a smirk and that little Zach Granke way that he does things. And uh, that was very entertaining. I'll link to it in the show notes because uh, I got a kick out of it, even though he is a Houston Astro. He didn't do any of the cheating. He's fine. Uh, and he seems like a weird, nice guy. So good for him. Switching over to the Rangers and Mariners. The Mariners had a couple of dingers leave the yard in the early innings. Austin Nolan, Daniel Vo- uh, Dan Vogelbach, Daniel Vogelbach, you know, Babe Vogelbach, that guy. They both hit dingers. The Astro, or the, uh, sorry, <laughs> switching teams. The Mariners led four to nothing. Taiwan Walker was looking good. He went six innings. He gave up one unearned run. That's it. And that would happen in the sixth inning. So the Rangers got, got a run in the sixth. Then they got a run in the seventh. And then they got five friggin' runs in the in the eighth. And really just broke that thing open, uh, taking a 7-4 to lead and winning by that score. Willie Calhoun, he went two for five with three RBI. Derek Dietrich, apparently he plays for the Rangers now, had not caught that. He went three for three with two runs scored. And uh, Rangers win 7-4. to So, updated standings in the AL West. You got the A's at 13-6. and six. They are atop the AL West. You got the Texas Rangers at 8-9, and nine, four games back. You got the Houston Astros at 8-10, and ten, four and a half games back. You got the Angels at 7-12, six games back. And Seattle is 7-13. and 13. They are six and a half games back of the A's in the AL West. So that is the West recap. But again, the whole purpose of doing this is to keep the Astros out of second place. And after one day, we took them out of second place. Three days in, they're still in third, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm going to go over next series for each of these teams real quick. You got Seattle going to Houston, so that's not great for keeping Houston out of second place for very long. Uh, the A's are going to San Francisco. The Dodgers are visiting the Angels, and then Texas is going to Colorado. So maybe that'll jumpstart their bats. Uh, they got the pitching. Both teams have pitching. That should be a very interesting matchup, actually. I'm looking forward to seeing both those pitching staffs in Colorado and they both got some firepower, so let's see. Um, yeah, it should be an interesting weekend. All these games start on Friday. And then you got a bunch of, you know, two and twos for uh, each of these teams with two games being played, like for the for the A's. It's uh, two games, you know, in Arizona and then two games against Arizona in Oakland. And it's a bunch of that stuff with uh, just random teams uh, thrown in the mix. So that's what's going on for a lot of these teams uh, to start next week. But uh, I, I really want to focus on what the American League playoff picture looks like because, you know, we're a quarter of the way through the season. A little bit of we're a quarter of the way through the season. So let's just read down some some stuff here real quick. You got the A's at the top. That's fun. They're number one. And then uh, number two is the Yankees. Number three is Minnesota. No surprises. We're doing okay. Number four, Tampa. Good team. Solid team. Number five, you got friggin' Detroit. How did that happen? They're sneaky. Uh, keep it going, Detroit Tigers. I might have to call their locked-on host and be like, hey, so what's what's up with this? Because I'm intrigued and I want to know more. Uh, number six, you got Texas. They're, you know, because they're second in the AL West right now. And that's why the West Watch is important because you need to keep the Astros out of second place because you keep going down the list. You got seventh, Baltimore. Baltimore Orioles. I'm saying that slowly so that you guys know that I'm not talking about a different team. It is the legitimate 109-loss Baltimore Orioles from 2019 that finished 49 games back in the AL East. They have a playoff spot right now, you guys, and I'm here for the wackiness. 
keep it going, you guys. Um, number eight is a tie between uh, the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Indians. So it's really eight, nine. They have the same winning percentage and they both play in the same division. So we'll see. They both look like good teams. So uh, that's uh, that's going to be an intriguing little thing that we got going on. And then number 10, the Houston Astros. Um, so that's why we need to keep them out of second place. And I know that we have literally no say in how this works or anything like that. But if we keep an eye on it, maybe somehow that adds some pressure to the Astros. And we already know they're not great under pressure. Uh, they are crackling under people just not liking them. And they think that everybody still adores them. So, you know, uh, keep, keep up the pressure, everybody. All right. Anyways, we're running a little bit long, so I got to get out of here. Um, I don't know what's coming on Friday. It could be me bashing the Giants for 15 minutes. It could be me talking about the Red Sox and A's players for 15 minutes. It's going to be one of those two. But uh, yeah, there's one more episode coming for you guys. Just not sure what it's about yet, but uh, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, stay indoors. Celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks. Free Ramon, and I will talk with you guys tomorrow.